hello, and welcome to episode number 54. Is this episode number 54 of the Ball Don't Lie podcast? I forgot to look. I'm losing track. It's 54. It's episode number 54 of the Ball Don't Lie podcast. I am your host, Adi Elmore. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. We have finally made it. At the time many of you are listening to this, we are 24 hours and some change away from the start of the 2020 NFL season. The Kansas City Chiefs, the world champion Kansas City Chiefs playing host to Bill O'Brien, Deshaun Watson, and the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson, by the way, who just received a massive contract extension to make him truly the franchise in Houston for years to come, going up against Patrick Mahomes, the NFL MVP, the Super Bowl MVP, I should say, and the recipient of a $500 million contract from the Kansas City Chiefs this offseason. Two of the bright young stars in the league going at it Thursday night football. We'll talk about that in a little bit. It's going to be, I'll I'll warn you right now, if you came here for something else, you're probably not going to get it. It's going to be all NFL today on the show. We're going to be joined by a former NFL quarterback, and the greatest quarterback in Cincinnati Bearcat football history, Tony Pike, will join this program. He will talk to us about the Bengals specifically. He'll give us a Super Bowl prediction, kind of what he expects from the AFC and the NFC. We'll get into that later. Uh, But I'm going to go through the week one matchups, what I expect. I'm going to give you my full predictions. I'm going to tell you who's going to make the playoffs, who I think is going to make the playoffs, who's going to win in each round, and who's going to be the eventual Super Bowl champions in my mind, looking forward to doing that. But first, I need you to stop what you're doing. All right, stop what you're doing right now. You're probably listening to me on your phone. Okay, pull out your phone. Download the Thrive Fantasy app. Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E. All right, download the Thrive Fantasy app. It's daily fantasy. It's prop bets. It's super fun stuff. Listen, they've got over 50000 guaranteed dollars. $50,000 of guaranteed prize money for the week one NFL prop bets. You should go check them out. Listen, if you go sign up, use the promo code Audi right now until September 13th. So until the first kickoff week one, they're going to match anything you put in there up to $250. So if you put $250 in, they're going to give you $250. You're going to have $500 worth of play. If you use the promo code Audi, you can do $20 that's the minimum, I believe. You could even go lower than that. I think they're matching anything right now up to 250 So use the promo code Audi when you sign up. Throw a little money in there. You'll match it, and you'll have plenty of money to play around with some prop bets for Sunday's games. Like I said, $50,000 worth of guaranteed prizes. Hashtag prop up with Thrive Fantasy. Download the app or go to thrivefantasy.com today. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm really thrilled. First of all, I'm excited to try out that app for NFL football. Uh, first and foremost, that's not. I'm not just saying that. Like I really am. Um, and I'm excited for everything that is NFL football. I'm excited. Listen, there aren't going to be as many fans in the stands. Some teams are going to have some. Some teams aren't. It's going to be a week by week basis for a lot of places, but. We're at the point where uniform schedules have been released. The Bengals released theirs today. There's a crazy nugget on that that is just, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm a uniform freak, by the way, and you know that if you listen to this consistently. But 
You get uniform schedules. You get TV announcers. The broadcasters have been announced. The Bengals get Kevin Harlan and Trent Green and Melanie Collins week one. Praise be to Jesus, Kevin Harlan, the the goat. Um, you just you just you're you're gonna hear these familiar voices. You're gonna hear these sounds. You know, noon with the NFL on CBS kicking off. The NFL on Fox. Terry Bradshaw, Kurt Menefee, Howie Long, all the boys. Everybody just getting you ready, and it's it's going to feel normal and that's what i'm most excited about everything outside that tv when i when i'm watching it is is still not normal there's still a global pandemic there's still an ongoing fight against racism there's still an election year coming up there's still wildfires in california there's all sorts of things that are still going on in the world but for 12 hours on sunday Everything will feel normal to me. And that is what I'm most excited about. Because I know the people in these networks, the NFL on CBS, Fox, NFL Network, NBC, ESPN, are going to do everything to make it feel as normal as possible while also still making sure people understand the enormity of what we continue to experience as sports fans. So... If you can't get excited about that, and I understand there's some college football on the docket, there's still the NBA playoffs going on, the NHL, the Stanley Cup playoffs are going on, Major League Baseball is is really starting to heat up. I don't even want to think about the Reds right now. They continue to, they did something good today. They brought up Tyler Stevenson, we've talked about that, but I don't want to think about them right now. All I'm thinking about, blinders on, focused on the NFL week one, and there's there's something I got to talk about, and I'll talk about it after we talk to Tony Pike in a little bit, and it is tempering expectations for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I understand that I try to cover all of the NFL when I talk on this podcast. I do. But you need to understand that where I live, where I work, and what I do, the Cincinnati Bengals, and there are people that are Bengals fans that tune into this podcast to hear my opinions on the Bengals. So I'm obviously I'm going to give my opinion on the Bengals, and we're going to talk Bengals heavy because that's what's at the forefront of my mind, and they are going to get a lot of attention this year because of the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. But there is something that the fan base is doing that I, I'm trying to pump the brakes on a little bit as we prepare for this season, and we'll get into that when I get into my NFL preview uh, in a little bit. But first, let me just run through, and this is going to be a relatively quick podcast episode. I'll just tell you that right now because I am only talking about the NFL and NFL Week 1. But let me just run through for you really quickly your matchups, who you got on Sunday, where you're gonna, where you're going to find the game, and what time it's going to be starting. Like I said, it starts Thursday night, this coming Thursday night, 8.20 p.m. on NBC, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth. Uh, unfortunately, bad news here, unfortunately the, the slide that Chris Collinsworth does into the shot on Sunday nights is going to be gone this year because of COVID-19. Now that's that's going to suck. It's going to suck to miss that. But if I have Al and I have Chris and I have Michelle Tafoya and I have Sunday night football, what really can I complain about? So that's your first game, Texans at the Chiefs. By the way, give me the Chiefs by like 40 in this game. Give me the Chiefs by like 40. 
The Texans are a strange team, despite the fact that they just extended Deshaun Watson. Yet the Green Bay Packers, they traveled to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings. That game is a 1 o'clock game on Fox. The Philadelphia Eagles will travel to, I guess it's Maryland, isn't it? Landover, Maryland or whatever, to take on the Washington football team. That's a 1 o'clock game on Fox. The Miami Dolphins are uh, on the road at the New England Patriots. That game is a 1 o'clock game on CBS. Interesting thing about this game. Ryan Fitzpatrick named the starting quarterback in Miami, not Tua Tagovailoa. Cam Newton going to be the starter for the New England Patriots. That team is a giant question mark, and we'll get into that a little bit. But uh, New England is 33-7 and at home since 2015. That's the best record in that span. The Indianapolis Colts are at the Jacksonville Jaguars, who organizationally are tanking. The players will not tank. They will play hard. But organizationally, they are tanking. Phillip Rivers will make his Colts debut. He played his last 200 and first 228 games of his career with the Chargers. That's a 1 o'clock game on CBS. 1 o'clock window, sticking to it. The Chicago Bears, who named Mitch Trubisky their starter this week, over Nick Foles. I was kind of surprised. I, I'm, I'm a big Nick Foles guy, dude. What I will never forget what Nick Foles did in that run to the Super Bowl when they beat the New England Patriots and just how special that Philly team was. I was a huge fan of Nick Foles that day. I will always be a fan of Nick Foles. Unfortunately, though, for fans of Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky beats him out despite not being able to throw to his left. And uh, the Bears have him as their starting quarterback. They take on the Lions, a 1 o'clock game on Fox. Chicago, though, 3-13 and in Week 1 road games in the Super Bowl era. You could put some that information to use on the Thrive Fantasy app. So there's something to think about. The Las Vegas Raiders, their first game as the Las Vegas Raiders travel to Carolina to take on Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers. Their uh, first-year head coach, Matt Rule, and uh, number one overall pick in most fantasy leagues, Christian McCaffrey, going in that game as well. That's a 1 o'clock game on CBS. The Jets and the Bills from, uh, I think it's just called Bills Stadium now. They just lost the naming rights. New Era just lost the naming rights to the Bills field. So it's a... Bills Stadium, Jets at the Bills, 1 o'clock game on CBS. Sam Darnold going up against Josh Allen, who Josh Allen, by the way, keep an eye on Josh Allen now. That dude might be your – he might have just a crazy year out of nowhere. Uh, 1 o'clock CBS, the Cleveland Browns against the Baltimore Ravens. Cleveland seeking their first week one win in 16 years. They haven't won week one since 2004. Oh, Cleveland. There's a lot going on in Cleveland, by the way. Odell Beckham, I'm not even going to touch that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks travel to Mercedes-Benz Stadium to take on the Atlanta Falcons. That's a 1 o'clock game on Fox. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, his his debut with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's a 425 game on Fox. That's going to be Troy uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. I almost called him Troy Buck and Joe Aikman, but – Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, 425. That's your uh, America's uh, Game of the Week or whatever they call it on Fox. Um, The Cardinals are at the 49ers. Arizona just locked up DeAndre Hopkins to an extension two years, $54 million. That's a 425 game on Fox. He's making his debut against the team that was the number one ranked pass defense in the NFL last year, the San Francisco 49ers. And then at 405, you've got Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals playing host 
to Tarod Taylor and the Los Angeles Char- Chargers. The Chargers are such a strange team. I'm not sure what to expect from them. I, I, I'm not sure what to expect from the Bengals. And I'm not sure what to expect from any of these games, to be quite honest with you, because there's a lot of factors that go into it. No preseason games, very little contact. The officials haven't been to any camps. They haven't been talking to anybody. They haven't been, you know, participating in any of that stuff. So that's that's all going to be, that's all going to be really strange. I'm not sure uh, what to make of it. Your Sunday night game, though, Alan Chris coming to you from the brand new SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. The Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are a team that I don't expect to have a very good season. I think they're a very strange team but they do have the talent to surprise some people. I think Dallas, um, we'll we'll get to that later. Two Monday night games this week. This one I'm excited about. The first one, the Steelers at the Giants. Okay, and here's why I'm excited about it. You know, I love broadcasters. I love talking about that. Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet, ESPN's number one college football broadcast team, will be broadcasting this game. They'll be doing the uh, the play-by-play, the color commentary, from MetLife Stadium on Monday Night Football, the Steelers and the Giants. That's at 7:10, and then your late game, 10:20 p.m. The Titans at the Denver Broncos. A very strange, uh, very strange second Monday Night game. But the Tennessee Titans, who just signed Jadavian Clowney, by the way, uh, to go on uh, an already pretty good defense on paper, they go to Denver to take on the Broncos. By the way, I'm a believer in Drew Locke. Not this year, but I'm a believer. And Drew Locke. So that's your slate of games for week one. And then we're going to turn it right around real quick. Thursday night next week, Bengals at the Browns, Joe Burrow National Television, Thursday night football in Cleveland. And there will be fans up to 6,000 at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland next Thursday night. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. We'll talk about that when comes to talk about that. In the meantime, though, I'm so excited to to – Sat down with Tony Pike. I had to had to nag, nab him at a different time than I would normally record, so that he was able to come on with us and talk. But uh, Tony Pike, the former UC Bearcat quarterback, former NFL quarterback, he's going to stop by. I'm going to ask him about Joe Burrow. I'm going to ask him about what he expects for the Super Bowl this year, what his Super Bowl predictions are, and uh, where he stands on a lot of things and more. We'll get right to Tony Pike right after this on the Ball Don't Lie podcast. Joining me now on the Ball Don't Lie podcast, he is widely regarded and universally known as the greatest quarterback in Cincinnati Bearcat history, former NFL quarterback. Now you can hear him every day on ESPN 1530, Cincy 360, noon to one. Tony Pike, how you doing? I don't know if widely regarded works. Maybe by my, my immediate family. Outside of that, I don't know. Who, I'm doing great, though. Who would be better than you? I don't know. I'm not here to discuss Bearcat quarterbacks. I know, but I mean, you know, that's people. People recognize you as that. I'm excited though. We are, uh, you know, for for months, it's kind of just been like, oh, NFL's far away. It, it, it's going to take a while, and the NBA playoffs kicked off, and baseball has happened, and we know what's happened with the Reds and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And somehow, I think football crept up on some of us, and now it it's like, hey, we're we're less than a week away from the opener. It's exciting. It absolutely did for me. Tony, you've been on the ground, on location, at the practice fields adjacent to Paul Brown Stadium. You've seen Joe Burrow up close and, well, maybe not up close, but in person yeah. the past few weeks. Is the hype on Joe Burrow real? Should we actually buy into the amount of excitement that is being fed to us? Yeah, the, the crazy thing about Joe Burrow is I watched last year 
I'm like, man, it's, it's the greatest college football season a quarterback has had. All the accolades coming in. And then I'm like, well, you know, he had a really good offensive line and a good receiving core and defense and running game. And I was the one kind of hesitant going into camp. And from day one of camp until week one of the season, I'm now – I feel like I'm driving the hype train for Joe Burrow. Really? I've, I've been that impressed. Um, he has a unique ability – that I haven't seen from a lot of quarterbacks of moving and throwing accurately at the same time. And what I mean, a lot of quarterbacks that come into this this level from college to the NFL, especially with a bad offensive line, when they have to move based on pressure, mm-hmm. they usually have to reset their body a little bit. And Joe Burrow has the uncanny ability to move and get the ball out. He's never late on a throw. His accuracy sets him apart. Um and just watching him, like, when, when special teams periods happen, mm-hmm. watching Joe Burrow in individual drills, he's running every rep like it's a game. I mean, he's, right. he's full go. Any rep he takes is faster than any other quarterback on the roster. And, mm-hmm. like, you're, you're comparing him against Ryan Finley a lot of times, which we saw right. Ryan Finley last year. But it's just there, there's a crispness to what he does. There is a, a higher level. And when you – walk away impressed on the days he struggles, I think that speaks more because he always bounces back from those struggles. And it's not just me. There's teammates and coaches have almost went out of their way a lot of times in post-game audio or post-practice sure. audio to rave about how good he is without even being asked about it. So I think what his teammates say about him speaks volumes on Joe Burrow. I agree. And, and, and that's kind of you answered kind of my next question is, you know, what's the, the the big difference between him and the average guy? And Andy Dalton could be classified as the most average NFL quarterback, and he still has just completely taken control of the team in ways that an average quarterback like Andy never could. It's hard because as a rookie, you're not supposed to be able to do that. Right. As a rookie, you're supposed to kind of bide your time. And Look, you know, Dalton carried himself away. It was more of a quiet leadership. And I'm not saying Burrow's out there screaming on the practice field. Mm -hmm. And it's not a cockiness, but it's a confidence about how he handles himself. It's, you know, it's a quarterback that I watched no off-season workouts, no rookie minicamp. And in the first week of training camp, he's changing plays at the line of scrimmage. He's changing protections. He's getting guys into different sets. He just, he he completely gets it. and, And it's a way that, he has been given that ability by his teammates by the way he carries himself. You think of the social injustice message outside mm-hmm. of the Freedom Center. Joe Burrow didn't volunteer to speak at that. His teammates came to Joe Burrow and said, we want you to speak. And, right. you know, with, with, with how everyone has kind of evolved around him and, and jumped on this, this hype train, I'm excited to see what, what comes of it. He does kind of have that cockiness and that attitude, which I appreciate because that's not something I can remember many Cincinnati sports right. figures having in recent years, and certainly not in my lifetime. And those situations, like I've been so impressed by his ability to – he's just taking everything in stride. Mm-hmm. That confidence level, he's not afraid of anything. He just, okay, I'll go speak. Okay, I'll do this. I'll – learn the whole playbook before everyone expects me to. That is huge. Now, when you look at the rest of the team, there's obviously a lot of, of ebbs and flows on the roster. And the, you're, you, like you said, you're, you're driving the Joe Burrow hype train, but I'm trying to pump the brakes for a lot of people around this team because I still don't see them as that good of a football team. And his him coming in has driven that expectation level up mm-hmm. and gotten the excitement level up. But where do you realistically see the Cincinnati Bengals this year? 
I think anywhere from five to seven wins is right. a realistic expectation. And and I, I even hate putting numbers on the the win and loss column because I mean you 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 buy into everything that's going on around this team, but you also have to realize they won two games last year for a reason. Right. And for as aggressive as they were in the off season, as the additions they had, this is an off season that hurt being that aggressive because you haven't had a chance for these guys to come in and play together yet. Exactly. And before you even take the field, Trey Wayne's who you paid to be the sixth highest cornerback in football, won't be playing. Um, you have the question marks surrounding A.J. Green, who, let's face it, hasn't taken a snap on the field since November of 2018. John Ross has had injury concerns. Um, the offensive line is still a revolving door at times. We, on paper, got more athletic at the linebacker position, but we haven't went live at training camp at I all. I haven't seen so any of those guys I don't play. know. Until I see them try to tackle right. week one, I don't know what they're going to be. So what I tell people usually, I'm not as interested in the wins and losses in 2020 as I am at the end of 2020 having a, a feeling of saying, you know what, Zach Taylor's the right guy for this job. Right. And in 2021, this team is going to compete to get back into the playoffs and make some noise. And if that's the case at the end of this year, then this is a success. But if it's not the case... We're looking at it with the Reds right now. Mm-hmm. You spent all this money. It didn't work out. If this team's sitting there at two or three wins and we're questioning, is Zach Taylor really the guy? Because we've given him all the pieces he needs. We gave him the Joe Mixon extension. Mm-hmm. We gave him Joe Burrow. We franchise-tagged A.J. Green. That's the offensive guru. Right. If we're questioning that at the end of this year, we have bigger problems. But if we're in a situation where, you know what, 2021 can be our year, then I think you you feel really good about that's the thing you want this team to be able to compete next year not necessarily this year and you know to basically wet the whistle enough where you can go and continue to invest in your defense so that you right you know have a puncher's chance you're playing in the best maybe the best division in football the way it's shaping up at least the most talented division and and to that I, i always remind people there's a reason peyton manning had 28 interceptions as a rookie yep and i'm not saying joe burrow's gonna throw 28 interceptions but that wasn't a excellent team. And at the end of the year, Peyton Manning started trying to learn what he can do and get away with. And Correct. if this team is out of contention, maybe Joe Burrow tries to be a little more aggressive at the end of the year. So I'm not saying expect 28 interceptions, but one of the greatest, arguably the greatest to ever play the game, went through struggles as well. And as much as the hype train is around Joe Burrow in this offense, there are realistic expectations. Who do you consider to be the greatest quarterback of all time? Ooh. I mean, I, I it's hard for me to, to go above the, the Super Bowl, so I have to say Tom Brady. Yeah, that's at what this I think. Time. Um, yeah, I would say so as well. So speaking of Super Bowls, we'll we'll move away from the Bengals. We I was going to ask you their biggest strength, their biggest weakness. We we basically know that. We're running short on time, but do you have an official Super Bowl prediction? Who are your teams? Who are your favorites going into this 2020 NFL season? I I feel like. The New Orleans Saints are – I feel like this is their year. It has to happen eventually. It has to happen. I feel like this is the last hurrah for Breeze. Um, I know they tried to go out and get Jadavion Clowney. Right. That got nixed, but I know that they're all in. And that I was see, an interesting report, trying to yeah. sign and trade for Clowney. I mean, it's genius that yeah. it would have been allowed. Right. But, um, I, I like the Saints – and I like them because they're all in, and I like them because what this offseason created was – maybe some struggles for teams that are implementing a lot of new pieces mm-hmm. or new coaching staffs. The Saints have their core back. You don't have to reinvent the wheel on offense. They've uh, they've kind of been bit by some 
tough breaks over the last few years. Again, I think this is the last ride for, for Drew Brees. And when I look at what that AFC presents, again, because of the reasons for the Saints, it's hard to go against the Chiefs right. repeating um, for another year. The whole roster is back. Uh, arguably one of the the best rookie signings was Edward Solaire out of uh, LSU, who's picked by a lot to be rookie of the year. I just look with Mahomes getting another year, that defense making another step. Um, I, do, I don't think Baltimore can edge Kansas City yet, so I'll go Kansas City, New Orleans, and I'll say Kansas City repeats. And wow. Andy Reid goes from one of those coaches that – was questioned if he could ever win the big game to now one of the best coaches of all time. That is quite a prediction. The Chiefs and the Texans kicking off the NFL season on Thursday night. I got the Chiefs by 42, by the way. The, Texans, the Texans are a mess. Okay. I don't trust the Texans at all. Just so that's to David Johnson a lot for my yeah, fantasy. Okay. This is what this is all about. Tony Pike joining us on the Ball Don't Lie podcast. Tony, where can people follow you, hear you, see you? Oh, Tony underscore Pike 15 on Twitter. Um... Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530 every day, noon to one. And based on my Twitter, I'll be on different podcasts and different appearances as the football season gets underway for the Bengals and, of course, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Excellent. Tony, thank you so much. Appreciate it. There you have it. Tony Pike joining us on the Ball Don't Lie podcast. Appreciate Tony for doing that. Had to catch up with him a little bit earlier. But he he talked about something there that I, I'm very I'm adamant about. It's been on my mind a lot. And it has to do with Joe Burrow, the hype train, and the Bengals fan base. Now, I have I have had my gripes with the Bengals fan base in the past. I have made that known uh, multiple times on this podcast. There are people within the fan base, people with large platforms within the fan base, that extend an amount of positivity and glass-half-full type energy that, while it's beneficial to a certain degree, I think it can be equally, if not more, hurtful to a fan base because you are injecting yourself in your brain with this idea that this football team is better than they actually are. And don't get me wrong, it's important to be positive. It's important to want the best for your team, for your franchise, for those involved and surrounding it, to root for your favorite players. That's true. That's all fine and good. But when you are consistently pushing a narrative that this team is going to be good, you are right you are raising the expectation level for that team. Let's be honest, how many teams after they draft number 1 overall and pick a quarterback, how many of them are legitimate contenders the following season? Not very many. Let's look at the last few teams to do so. The Cleveland Browns still haven't been a legitimate contender. The Arizona Cardinals were not a, a legitimate contender. I mean, there's very few. It took the Colts a couple of years when they drafted Andrew Luck. It's just, it, it's it's unrealistic, and it's good to be excited. It's good to be happy. I, I'm, I'm very excited about Joe Burrow. I can't stop thinking about what Sunday at 4.05 is going to be like and how sad it is that there's not going to be any fans there. But I can't stop thinking about the fact that 
they're putting themselves behind the the, <laughs> the fan base is putting themselves behind the eight ball by getting super excited about this team. And you heard Tony mention it. I think they are right at that range, exactly what he said. Five to seven win team. I have them going, in my prediction, I have them going six and ten this year. If this team maxed out their potential, if they played every game about as good as they can play it, if they stayed healthy, if they got lucky, if the ball bounced their way a couple times, if they were the beneficiaries of some calls that the refs missed, if they max out their potential, they're nine and seven and maybe they sneak into the playoffs. That's the status of the roster. It's not a Super Bowl caliber roster. Is the window open? Yes, it's wide open. As soon as Joe Burrow signed his name on the dotted line, the window is wide open. However, most people don't jump through the window the day it, it opens. Took the Chiefs a couple seasons when Patrick Mahomes came around. You know what I mean? So let's pump the brakes on this for a second. Let's pump the brakes on all the madness and all the excitement and just enjoy the fact that football's coming back. Don't allow yourself to be heartbroken by this team and disappointed and sad when they don't play well because they're not going to play that well. A bunch of unproven guys on defense, still an offensive line that can't seem to figure it out. You've got a guy in Jonah Williams, by the way, who's never played an NFL snap. He's played just as many NFL snaps as Joe Burrow has, and uh, Jonah Williams was drafted last year. A.J. Green cannot stay healthy. John Ross cannot stay healthy. C.J. Uzama and, and Drew Sample are going to be in starting positions and starting role full-time for the first time in their careers. Is Joe Mixon going to be any different with a, full time, with a guaranteed contract now? How is Zach Taylor going to change as a full-time play caller in this offense with everybody healthy? How is he going to change as a second-year head coach in the NFL? There's a lot of questions about this team still. That was a very, very, very bad defense last year. Is it better? Absolutely. 100% it's better. You look. There's numbers to suggest the Bengals were a lot better team last year than, than their records indicated. I get that. I think there was something like 0-8 in one possession games, and the league average is 500. And if you just give them the league average and go 500, then they win six games last year. I think they led at one point in 12 of their 16 games. You know, give them like, I don't know, three of those. All of a sudden they're a nine-win team. I don't know. The fact of the matter is that defense is awful. It was bad. And Joe Burrow is this franchise. And he's still got Bobby Hart on the right tackle position. you still got a guy who's never played a snap in the left tackle position. You've got Fillers and Xavier Suofilo and Michael Jordan at the guard positions. Michael Jordan, from all indications, did not have a very good camp for the Bengals this year. He impressed towards the end of the run or end of the year last year. The whole offensive line played better at the end of the year last year, but you still got a bunch of guys that are unproven. You can trust Trey Hopkins, and that's about it. Jonah Williams had a great camp. More than likely, you can trust him, but he still never played a snap in the NFL. So if you're a Bengals fan, if you're excited, I'm glad you're excited. I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad this team has spent a bunch of money and done seemingly everything right in the offseason to get us to this point. But remember, top to bottom, it's not a super competitive roster, and there are going to be growing pains, 
There are going to be struggles. There are going to be head-scratching moments. You do not need to put yourself in the mindset that this is a Super Bowl-caliber, playoff-winning, contending football team in the AFC, because it's just not. All right? It's just not. God, I feel better. got that off my chest. Okay, let me run through this real quick. I got my NFL preview here. I'm going to give you who I think is winning each division. I'm going to give you who I think is going to get to the AFC and NFC championship game. And I'm going to end this podcast with my Super Bowl predictions. If you're ready now, I will do that. In the AFC West, I have the Kansas City Chiefs winning that division going 13-3. and In the AFC North, I have the Baltimore Ravens winning that division going 12-4. and In the AFC South, I have the Indianapolis Colts winning that division going 10-6. and In the AFC East, I have the Buffalo Bills winning their first division title since 1995 going 11-5. and Over to the NFC side, I have the Seattle Seahawks winning the NFC West going 13-3. and I have the Green Bay Packers going 11-5 and and winning the NFC North. I have the NFC South belonging to the New Orleans Saints at 14-2. and I have the NFC East going to the Philadelphia Eagles at 9-7. and Those are my division winners. Now you might be saying, okay, well, who you got in the playoffs? Reminder, the playoffs this year are expanded. Seven teams in each conference get to the playoffs. The top seed in each conference gets a bye. So my top seed in this particular scenario for each conference is the number one Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC, the New Orleans Saints in the NFC. So those two would have a bye. The other teams I have making the playoffs in the AFC, I have the the uh, <laughs> almost said the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, sneaking in as the seven seed going ten and six. I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers going at ten and six, getting in as the five seed. I've got the Tennessee Titans at nine and seven as the six seed. And uh, that's all in the AFC. In the NFC, I got the 49ers as the five seed going eleven and five. I've got the Minnesota Vikings as the seven seed going ten and six. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will get will uh, are the six seed. They're also ten and six, and nobody from the NFC East. So wild card round, you got the Raiders, the Ravens, the Titans, the Bills, the Steelers, and the Colts. You got the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Buccaneers, the Packers, the Niners, and the Eagles. All right, it's a lot to take in. I'll fast forward. You don't have to go through who I think is going to win each game. Championship Sunday, number one seed versus number two seed in both conferences. The number two seed Baltimore Ravens at the number one seeded Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. The matchup we were robbed of last year, Lamar Jackson against Patrick Mahomes. I'll take the Chiefs to win back-to-back AFC championships and get back to the Super Bowl. Then I've got the Seattle Seahawks at the New Orleans Saints in the NFC Championship game. And as much as it pains me to say it, you heard Tony say earlier he thinks the Saints are going to go to the Super Bowl. I think they fall short one more time. Russell Wilson has a magical season. He leads the Seattle Seahawks to the Super Bowl, their third Super Bowl appearance appearance under Russell Wilson, and they go to Super Bowl 54 in Tampa against the Kansas City Chiefs. Or no, is it 55? Is it Super Bowl 55 this year? I can't remember. 55. I think it's 55. I think it's LV. Super Bowl LV. Super Bowl LV, 55 in Tampa. And I have, as your Super Bowl champions, 
Russell Wilson, and the Seattle Seahawks. I think a magical run. I think something crazy happens. People will say, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Why are you doing this? I don't really know. But I just got a hunch about the Seattle Seahawks. I love Russell Wilson. He doesn't get enough love. And uh, I'm just excited. I'm excited about football, excited to be back to it. Remember, folks, if you listen to this podcast, I know you know. Ball don't lie. I will talk to you next week, previewing Bengals-Browns Thursday night football, recapping week one of the NFL. There will be updates in the NBA playoffs and so much more. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, folks, have fun. Be safe. Go Bucks.